If you have your Bible today, and I hope you do, let's turn to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Now, this, this particular psalm that we're going to look at today, is, uh, it's about looking up. Uh, Charles Spurgeon once said about this psalm, he said, he called it a psalm of the eyes. And Psalm 121 was written to speak to the heart. It was written, it, it's really a poem is what it is, and it's kind of simplistic, but it was meant to hit home in a memorable way. Uh, the imagery of, of this particular psalm is to give a sense of God's comprehensive care to us or for those who look up to Him. And I have to admit to you today that most of the challenges that I have been through in my life uh, happened when I failed simply just to look up. And, I, and I've got to tell you a story that happened to me lots of years ago. When I was working on a previous job that I'm working now, we were in the registered cattle business and I had the privilege of traveling all over the United States buying, selling cattle, showing cattle. And the first time that I got to show was in Fort Worth, Texas. And the first show there, I showed in the Will Rogers Coliseum. And there was probably four or 5,000 people watching me show. And boy, you talk about making old country boy kind of strut. You know, look at what I got here. But anyway, getting to the point, I, I made it in there, settled in just fine. Well, then the bosses showed up and they said, well, we better go check into the hotel. And the hotel that we were staying in was the Worthington Inn in downtown Fort Worth. And it's what, four-star, five-star, pretty swanky place. And for an old country boy that hadn't been too far from Salt Gap, this was something new. Well, we, we, we got checked in and made it to our room. And I had ridden from the fairgrounds to the hotel with my bosses. And they knew that I had to get back. So they said, well, we'll get settled in and then we'll call you and we'll meet in the lobby. Well, I got out of my room, got in the elevator, and I thought that I was headed for the lobby. Got out and I went trucking down the hall and the next thing I stepped down and I look around and I am in the lounge, a.k.a. the bar. Now, when you uh, walk into the Worthington, if I remember right, you Fort Worthers or X, we all have to help me. You look up here and that's the lounge. When you walk in the lobby, you can look up and there, I guess, about the second floor is the lounge. And you can get in the lounge and look down and there's people in, in the uh, lobby. I couldn't figure out how to get. So I went to the edge and I looked down. Well, there's my boss, Fanny Lay. I'm like... Hey! <laughs> Waving at him. Hey! And I'm on the edge. I'm sitting there. I'm fixing to jump. Because there's a big old U-shaped sofa down there. And I thought, well, that'll be a pretty soft landing. It wasn't that far. Because I couldn't figure out. And of course, they were embarrassed, beyond embarrassed. Me, I would didn't bother me one off. How do you get from here down there? And my boss lady goes, idiot, get in the elevator and look up and read the directions. 
Well, I pushed hell thinking I was going to the lobby. I went to the lounge. So I finally figured out and got down where I was supposed to be. But you see, I could have saved them and me all that embarrassment if I would have simply looked up. And I didn't. So we're going to look at this 121st Psalm today. And I believe that it is what this writer in this text would, would want us or have us to understand. To look up because that keeps us out of so much trouble. So let's turn to Psalms 121. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen. Be sure to put you a bookmark there because we will be going elsewhere and we'll come back to this. Now notice how, and it's real easy to get a title for a sermon. Notice how it starts. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills or mountains from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved or slip. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. That word keeper there is protector. The Lord is thy protector. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve, protect, or keep thee from evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, let me visit with you today about if I had just looked up. That's the title of this sermon today. And I believe that's what King David who wrote this psalm, wants us to understand that if we will just simply look up, this will keep the head from swimming. It will keep the heart from thinking. It will keep the feet from slipping. And it will keep the hands from hanging down. You know, it is impossible for us to know what's going to happen to us this year or what will, uh, will uh, be required of us this year. But the thing is, if we remember to just simply look up this direction, if properly uh, attended to, will procure for us all that we need. It will secure us against all that we dread. It will make us uh, more than a match for all of our foes and, and, and all of our fears. Folks, if, if we're going through, and, and let me say this, if you're here today and you are going through something, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but if you're going through something, can I tell you just simply to look up? That's the advice I would give you today. Just simply look up and hear Jesus and what He is saying to you. And what He is saying, do not be afraid. I myself will help you. So let me say this. If you are discouraged today, look up. If you are despondent today, 
Look up. If you are downtrodden today, look up. If you are depressed, look up. I could go on and on and on. But this, this, this psalm has been one of my favorites for a lot of years. And maybe it's been uh, one of y'all's favorites a- as well. Because it is one of the staples of, of the faith. And it is something that we need to learn very on in our Christian walk. And we need to repeat often, uh, especially in times of trouble, when things are not going well for us. I will, what did he say? I will lift my eyes up to the hills or the mountains from whence cometh my help. You notice how that just sounds. But, but here's the thing. What does that mean? What, what does that mean? What, what does it speak to us? Where does our help come from? Those are all valid questions that we need to ask because when, when I first learned about and heard about this psalm was years ago when I was just a small boy in Sunday school. And I, I pictured mountains as symbolizing God's omni, omnipotence. In other words, you know, the, the mountains are, are, are majestic. They're imposing. They are immovable. You know, they, they stand for stability and strength and dominance and power. And, and, you know, to stand on top of a mountain is like you're standing on top of the world. I know me and my family periodically, we get to go out to Rio Dosa, New Mexico. And uh, my brother's got a, a house out there and we go and stay and we go up where they ski in the wintertime. But, but you can go up there and you can get on that doodad that for which takes you down here up yonder. I think it's called a gondola. But anyway, you can ride up there to the point of that mountain. And when you get to where you have to get off, you can walk a trail and you can go up on another spot that's even higher. And the reason that that is so neat, you're in the Rocky Mountains. It is said that when you get on that point and you look north, you can see all the way down the Rockies to Colorado. And we, and the thing about it, if you know anything about Rio Dosa, it has to rain every day. Every day. And, and, and the thing we got up there, the last time we went, we got up there and here comes the thunderstorms and we were stuck. We couldn't ride the gondola down. They had to shuttle us down in suburban. Not fun. But I had the opportunity and I kept messing with this guy and I kept trying to bribe him to let me go up on that point and he finally did. And it broke for just a few minutes and I was able to look down the Rocky Mountains to the north. And I don't know, Ted, how far I was looking, but it's further than you can point. Trust me. But when we're up on that mountain, we feel like we're on top of the world. But, you know, when we stand at the base of those mountains and we look up, there's just not a whole lot at that summit. We, 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 we just kind of have to be in, in, in wonder. And I think to myself, boy, if I had to climb all up way up there by foot, I wonder how long it'd take me and how wore out I'd be time I'd get there. But I don't think I'm going to do that. But, you know, mountains are so tall. 
and big and strong. And we as mere human beings are so small in comparison. So naturally when we hear these words, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I thought of God's dominion over all creation. You know, as far as I can remember, we have been taught to lift up our eyes to the hills, to be assured of one thing, that God is all-powerful, that God is in control. You know, we, we hear that song, He's got the whole world in His hands. He's got the whole wide world in His hands. And we need to remember that. That's why I, I pointed out to you and I preach out of the King James Version that, that verse 1, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. And here's what I want you to see. You notice this is a difference. It's not a question. It is a statement of fact. It's, it's what it is. Where does your help come from when your life goes contrary? Where does your help come from when the wheels fall off of the wagon, so to speak? Or when a relationship begins to sputter and fail? Or when kids become or start running around with the wrong crowd? Or getting into the wrong stuff that, that gets them into trouble? Or when your work becomes some kind of overload of drudgery? Or when a loved one dies? Or, or when you find a crisis in your faith and you don't seem like you even know how to pray? Or, or what to pray? When you wonder to yourself, where does God, you know, we, we get to the point to where we're kind of like the uh, prophet Jeremiah who cried out to God, does anyone really care? Maybe we have been in that situation in our life where we got to that point where we wondered, does God really care one way or the other about what's happening to me, about what's going on in my family, about what's happening in our country? We could just lift all sorts of things. But, you know, it's issues like that that are all too common in this day and age that we live in. Where does my help come from? Notice that the psalmist answers that question very plainly, very clearly. He says, my help comes from where? From the Lord who made heaven and earth. You find that in verse 2, I think. Yeah, verse 2. So you see that. So we, you know, and, and the thing is, we can't read this psalm and think about this psalm and talk about this psalm without thinking about the author who is King David. It appears that King David wrote this psalm after he became king. And, and you know, which means he wrote this years after he had spent a whole lot of times in those, those hills, the ones to which he was referring to when he says, I lift up my, my eyes to the mountain. You remember what happened in those hills when David was a young man for as many as 10 or 15 years. He spent hiding in those very hills. Why? Because King Saul wanted to kill him. So he spent a lot of time, uh, you know, when, when he lifted up his eyes 
to those hills, he 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 didn't just see a beautiful uh, a beautiful scene, but he saw his very life flashing before his eyes because he remembered moving from one hill to the other. He remembered moving from one cave to the other. He remembered one time that he spent the night in the cave and he was way in the back and King Saul and his army was in the front. But he was staying away from him. He, he, he remembered when he, he would have to go around the mountain one way to get away from King David who was just unrelenting in his pers- pursuit of him. But you know, when he looked at those hills and he thought about it when he was a young man, what did he see? He saw despair. He saw, he saw the, the darkness and the grief, the hopelessness that he was in. But now that he was king and he was sitting on the throne and he says, I look to those mountains, I look to those hills. And it was with a complete different mindset because he saw protection. He saw he had been delivered. He knew that he had safety in the cleft of those rocks. And he knew when he was in there running from King Saul that God was protecting him. That he was being protected by the very presence of God. Why? Because God promised him ever since he was that little shepherd boy that he was going to take care of him. And he didn't want to forget that. He wanted to remember that the same Lord who helped him when he was running from King Saul was the same God that was going to help him now as he was sitting on the throne leading the Israeli people. And he he would lift up his eyes to those hills. Now, I want to ask you a question. What are your hills? What are your hills? The reason that I ask you that, it's kind of like King David when he looked at those hills and he thought about when he was a young man. I ask you, what are your hills, your own hills? They are the time of your greatest darkness and despair. When it seemed like God didn't care about you. When it seemed like God had simply forgotten that you exist. But when you got to thinking about it and after you had come through the storm, you look back just like King David and you knew You knew who was holding you up. You knew who was propping you up. He was there all the time. There's a fellow by the name of Kurt Carr who alluded to this in a song. And his song is, I I almost let go. And the first verse goes like this. I almost let go. I felt like I just couldn't take life anymore. My problems held me bound. Depression weighed me down. But God held me close so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy kept me so I wouldn't let go. I almost gave up. I was right on the edge of a breakthrough, but I couldn't see it. The devil really had me. But Jesus came and grabbed me and He held me close so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy kept me. So I wouldn't let go. And then the chorus says this. So I'm here today because God kept me. 
I am alive today only because of His grace. Oh, He kept me. God kept me. He kept me so I wouldn't let go. What are your heels this evening? Are you in them right now? Are you crying out to God because of something that is going on in your life? Or your family's life? Or whatever the case may be. You know, are you in darkness? Hiding in fear? Are you feeling like God has abandoned you? I tell you today, don't lose heart. Hold on to hope. Trust Him to finish what He has started in you. There will come a day. There will come a day when you will lift up your eyes to those hills and you will say, you see those hills right there? Those right there? That is the place I was in my greatest despair, grief, darkness, hopelessness. And then you'll say, but those hills became my greatest protection, my greatest deliverance. They are the place that I was kept safe in the cliff of the rock, the place that I began to know God's very presence was carrying me through. Yeah, the pain was real. If I had just looked up, I almost let go. If I just look up, I was hurting. I was ready to throw in the towel. It seemed like life was hopeless. If I'd have just looked up, you see, I will lift my eyes to the hills was David's way of saying that he was declaring his trust in God, his dependence upon God for help. In other words, David was going in to worship God and meet God in worship, offer sacrifice of praise because the Lord his God, the Creator of the world, was his one source of help. The only one that he could count on. I want you to flip. You're in Psalms anyway. Put you a bookmark there and flip to the third Psalm. The third Psalm, verse 4. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen. Psalm 3, 4 says, I call out to the Lord and He answers me from His holy mountain. In other words, David was expressing confidence that God would be with him when he prayed. From his secret dwelling place, the Lord would offer everlasting security. And that leads me to tell you that God will respond to you each and every time you pray earnestly to Him. Now I want you to go back and, and, and go back to, to 125. Go to Psalm 125. There's another verse I want to show you real quick. Psalm 125, I want you to look in verse 2. Psalm 125, verse 2. You got it? Amen? Amen. 
as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and what? Forevermore. Forevermore. Now, you know, when we talk about these hills, we've talked about how they seem strong. They seem like they would offer protection. They offer security. They're high things. They, they, you know, even, even, you know, people back, back in biblical times, you remember they'd go up on the mountains and they would build uh, places of worship. And, and, and a lot of times that's where they worship false gods. But I want you to know, even though they look like they're a place of dominance and security, hills are fallible things. They don't always protect us the way we think they might. They, they, they will not be sufficient to meet our needs in times of trust. You know, Jerusalem had hills around it and they were often defeated even though they thought those mountains would keep them safe. So I want to ask you another question. What are the hills people look to today? And you think about this. Because I've got a whole host of them. People look to their own ability. Their own effort. Thinking they can fight their way through something without God's help. Thinking they're big enough, they're strong enough to make it on their own. Or they rely on friendship. Or religion. Or morality. Or good works. Or being born into the right family. Or hobbies and sports. Or popularity. Let me tell you something. If those are the hills people are looking for to find help, they don't have much hidden their way. And I tell you why. I can shoot holes in every one of them. Because friendship, we think we can rely on our friends. A lot of times friends fail us. Or they disappoint us. Or they die and they're no longer around. Or religion. You know, there's all sorts of false religion out there now that we can put our our faith into thinking that it's going to get us somewhere. But I haven't ever found anyone that belonged to a false religion that ever got into heaven. One's own ability and self-effort. Well, you know, I'm human. I'm fallible. I'm, I'm a sinner. I have failed God. Then there's the hill of morality that I talked about. Every person has broken the Ten Commandments. Families. Well, families are just like friends. They will fail you too. They will disappoint you. And being born into the right Christian family doesn't make you any more a Christian than being born in a garage makes you a car. You're not going to ride somebody's coattail into heaven. I get so tired when people tell me that. Well, my grandma and grandpa was this and my mom and dad was this. What good does that do you? Not one bit. Hobbies and sports. Well, that's nothing to put much faith in. Popularity. 
That's temporary at best. As soon as people lift you up, they'll grab a hold of you and jerk you right back down. So if these things are my heels, we can't expect much help. But look in verse 2. 121, verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. What qualifies the Lord to help us? Have you ever thought about that? What qualifies the Lord to help us? Well, He has all the power He needs. <laughs> you know, He's the creator of the universe. He's got what He needs to help us. You know, make sure your help is coming from the Lord. Look in verse 5 and 6. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. God is a great keeper. Why? Because He has all the resources of the universe at His disposal to meet our needs. He has what it takes. He has the power of omnipotence to protect us. And we see in those verses that nothing under the sun or the moon is going to hurt us unless it is in His perfect will for our lives. Now, if I had time this evening, we would have a testimony service. But we don't because I know y'all are wanting to get to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> I may preach till 6 o'clock. Amen. Amen. I at least got one amen. But if I had time, we could have a testimony service. And I bet you, if I put you on the spot, every one of you could stand up and give a testimony of just how God has kept you through everything you have been through. If we're honest about it. He's been right there for us. He kept you when finances were low. Every one of us has been broke. I told him over at Rockwood this morning that when we were young, we were so poor we couldn't pay attention. I couldn't even get them to laugh. And I repeated myself and they still didn't laugh. So I looked at Lori and I said, Lori, number 34, scratch that one off the list. We don't use that one no more. But you've been there, done that. You kept you when you were in danger. He protected you. He kept you from slander. Because I bet every one of us has had somebody talk about us Behind our back. He's kept you through sickness and health. Every one of us here has been sick at some time or another. He's kept us through difficult and emotional times. You ever cried all night long before? Think back just two or three years. He kept us through COVID. A lot of people didn't make it. But you know what? 
God was still keeping them. So I just want to stop by and encourage somebody today. And I want you to think about this. You need to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, just like King David, that you are being kept by God. Some of you are facing problems. I know you are. Family problems. Friend problems. School problems. Other kinds of problems. Financial problems. Whatever it may be, you need to know that you're being kept by God. Now you may be sitting here going, well, preacher, I don't have any particular problems today. Be ready because problems will come. And you're being kept by God. You need to know that. God promised. He promised His presence to help Christians that are going through something. No matter where you are, no matter the hour of the day, no matter the situation, no matter the condition, no matter how long it takes, you're kept by God. Don't ever forget that. I want you to think about Joseph. Back in the book of Genesis, what was Joseph's fields? Probably one of them was when his brothers threw him down in that well. Probably another one would be when he was waiting for the purposes of God to be fulfilled in his life. And when God finally fulfilled them, they were beyond his imagination. Or how about the Apostle Peter? You remember the Apostle Peter? Jesus told him, you're going to deny me. Oh no, Lord, not I. I'll never do that. Maybe his heel was all those times he faltered and he failed Jesus. But yet, knowing Jesus loved him, knowing Jesus protected him, eventually God turned him in through his spirit, one of the most miraculous preachers the world has ever known. How about Paul? What was his heel? You think it was all of those Christians that he killed, all those Christians that he threw in jail thinking he was doing God's bidding until what happened? He met Jesus on that dirty, dusty Damascus road and it completely changed the trajectory of his life. How about Jesus? What was his heels? Have you ever thought about that? He looked to a hill called Calvary where he was going to die on a cross. He had to endure that so we could be forgiven. So that we could have eternal life. Jesus himself said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, 
I will draw all men unto me. If we just look up. Remember to keep looking up. Where does your help come from? It comes from the Lord. Keep looking up as we pray together. Father God, we just thank You for this time that we've had today. To be in Your house, Father. Honoring You, worshiping You, praising You, Father. Thanking You for all the blessings that You give us day after day. Thanking You for the guidance and direction, the protection. And certainly, Father, we ask that You continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live. We ask that You forgive us where we fail. You fall, Father, we, we falter. We make mistakes. And just help us realize, Father, when we fail You, to ask You to forgive us. And then go on and do a better job and try harder. Father, thank You for these folks here today. Certainly we remember those not with us. And certainly, Father, we lift up again all the folks on our prayer list. Definitely needs there of all different shapes, form, and fashion, Father. And we know You're involved in each and every one, Father. And we ask the need be met. And certainly we ask that You bless us with some rain that we need, Father, that only You can provide. So Father, watch over us and care for us as we leave this place. And just bring us back at the next appointed hour. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.